0: Warning This podcast should not be downloaded using government equipment, listened to during duty time, or sent to others using government equipment because this podcast has the potential to suggest actions to be taken in support or against legislation. Do not use your government email address or government phone in contacting your lawmakers.
1: Hello, and welcome to the AFG Young Podcast. My name is Matthew Uchecker, and I am your host. I am joined today by National Vice President for AFGE District 3, Phil Glover, and the AFGE Young Committee Mentor, Vicki Martin. And today we will be discussing the AFGE National Convention and Resolutions writing. Uh, to get started,
0: how is everybody?
2: Doing pretty well. How are, how are you?
1: Oh, you know, hanging in there.
0: Really good today, Matt. Appreciate being on with you. Yes. Yeah, thank, you. thank
1: you both for joining us.
0: Thank
2: you.
1: Um, so, the first topic uh, of discussion will be the AFG National Convention. So, uh, for those that are listening and don't know, the AFG National Convention is slated for June 20th through the 24th of 2022, and it'll be held at the Swan Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida. Um, for the newbies out there that are newly elected as a delegate, what happens at an AFG National <laughs> Convention? Um, uh, uh, Vicki, would you like to, uh, maybe give us some insight on that?
2: Yeah. So our, um, triennial convention, it, the sole purpose, um, of that is to, um, for the delegates, which is the governing body of AFGE to, um, determine and, um, just kind of steer the direction, the internal policies of the federation, um, as well as the um, election for our three executive officers of the federation, national president NST, and the MVP of Women's and Fair Practices.
0: And then the other thing, Matt, is the convention is uh, is the ultimate uh, reviewer of charges. If if somebody amends or or has uh, gotten charges against them through. Uh, AFG's internal processes, the convention is actually their last line of asking for uh, an appeal. And so the delegates play a very big role in that uh, matter. Delegates, by Constitution, if you look at Article 6 of the AFG Constitution, which you can get to through the AFG website in the members only section, uh, Article 6 uh, explains what a delegate is and how they're to function. And the, it, the other thing about the convention is uh, it sets the finances and the revenues of the Federation for the next three years. So that is the other important thing that they do. And the other thing the resolu- the, the convention does is resolutions, which, you know, depending on what is going on at any given time in the world, uh, we have had resolutions to support other labor unions. We have had resolutions to correct internal issues within the federation, and so all of that is done every three years at a national convention.
1: I um, kind of want to remind their listeners too, like this is a kind of like a one-off, right? Because it, it was supposed to happen last year. If I was, if I'm correct, right?
0: correct uh the convention was postponed due to covid um uh, we we it was supposed to be in august of 21 and it was uh moved to june of 22 hoping that uh we would be out of the covid uh restrictions and and uh, the fear of the virus uh harming our members and our employees
1: okay so um you guys have both touched on that at all uh a part of it will be the election of the national officers. Like Vicky. you said it will be the national president, the national secretary treasurer, and the MVP for women's and fair practice. Um, mm-hmm. And Phil, you touched on the review and vote on resolutions that impact the general business of AFGE A- A- and the constitution of AFGE. So um, the next thing would be with so many councils within the Federation, individuals commonly get their council convention confused with the national AFG convention. Can you elaborate on the difference between a local district council and national convention? I know that seems a little jumbled there but um, Vicki, could you, I've never been to one so I mean this is going to be eye opening for me and probably a few of our listeners as well
2: sure sure no problem um well we don't really have what's called conventions at the local election that is um just a local officer election um and, and some locals also elect their delegates at that same time um and and other locals have their delegates election at different points in time so there's not really a convention at the local le- election or at the local level um you know locals are uh, obligated um, and expected to, to deal with their internal matters and create their policies um, to run an effective local, um, a compliant local fiduciarily and otherwise. Um, and so those internal matters and policies are typically um, taken up at the local level through a bylaws committee um, that will, you know, determine policies and direction of the local funding, due structure, all of that um, through their committee. And then they would, um, you know, advertise to the membership uh, 30 days in advance of any bylaws changes uh, that the membership will be presented with uh, at a special meeting or regular local meeting um, so that they can vote on those proposed bylaw changes um at the uh level of councils um well let me go back to districts so we have what we call district caucuses rather than a district convention um, and district caucuses are uh primarily um the election for the district national vice president as well as the respective district women's advisory coordinator and also the um national fair practice affirmative action coordinator um and you know so your your um mvps and your coordinators um are elected at the caucus and then there's really not a whole lot else that takes place at caucus other than that election Um, districts don't usually do a whole lot of their internal policy uh, stuff with the the members and leaders some districts will have an advisory board Um, you know some will have Uh, president's meetings throughout the year to kind of, you know, set training schedules and internal efforts at the district level, but it's not really a convention. So then when you get to the um, council level, uh, many councils hold an actual convention. Um, I know Bureau of Prisons do um, or does, uh, as well as the NVAC um census council council 241 um in which i'm the executive vice president we don't really hold a convention we hold our election in conjunction with at the national convention uh that afge holds um every three years and then we have a bylaws committee on our council you know that works very similar throughout the years like a local local bylaws committee um but some councils uh the larger ones especially um you know they'll they'll have resolution and you know they'll move things uh at the at the council level very very similar to what they do at convention um and phil may be able to to elaborate more on that but um those are kind of the differences uh, between the local district council and the national convention. Obviously, we, we already kind of described that, you know, the um, executive officer election, um, you know, constitutional changes, internal policy uh, decisions, uh, per capita funding, and um, uh, Article 23 appeals, like Phil mentioned. Um, so that's just a quick overview, kind of the the highlight of the differences there at each level.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it can be confusing because, you know, we have, you know, when you have a newer member, uh, these layers maybe sometimes don't make a lot of sense. I mean, you, you look at the Constitution has a section in it for locals. It has a section in it for councils. And then it has the National Executive Council, which is what the district NVPs serve on. And the councils are generally bargaining councils. They are to deal with the agencies on agency specific matters. And so, like your Border Patrol, your ICE Council, the National VA Council, uh, Social Security, uh, there's numerous councils in Social Security depending on the agency you're from. So, what you really need to do is go to your local leaders and say, Hey, what council am I from? Uh, What do we do we participate in a convention? I know the prison council has a business convention every year and has elections every two. Uh, Different councils may be on a three-year rotation for the council convention and elections. Uh, The national convention is a three-year, generally three-year except with this COVID year, and you have elections every three years. The districts are elected in the prior year so the district NVPs and women's coordinator and fair practice coordinator so that there's an offset in AFG national the three national officers are elected at the convention and then later in the next year the NVPs are or national vice presidents are elected and that keeps an offset offset on the board so you don't have a complete changeover of the board at a convention. And so that's why it's done in an offset. Uh, councils don't do that as much. They elect generally all of their officers at the same time at the same convention. So uh, hopefully that explains it to your newer, newer folks, Matt.
2: Yeah, and and just one more thing to add. Sorry to to you know continue to beat on this particular topic, but. Um, It's also, you know, uh, worthy to note that not every local in the Federation or every agency has a formed council. Um, You know, DOD, Department of Defense, they have some councils within DOD like, um, you know, Marines, Air Force, things of that nature. But the entire Department of Defense doesn't have uh, an actual council. They have what they call DEFCON Defense Conference. Um, you know, they train and, and, and take on other efforts, but yeah, not not every agency will have a council of locals. Um, so if they ask their local what council they belong to, don't be surprised if your local tells you that that you don't have a council.
1: Uh, now the do the steering committees, do they fall under like councils as well? Or are they just uh, are they separate?
0: It depends on the steering, council, uh, on the council, um, or the. if you look at, like, the Firefighter Steering Committee, the Law Enforcement Steering Committee, those are placed under the National President's Office in the Constitution. And then you have, under the Women's Affair Practices Department, uh, the Young Committee is under that. Uh, there are, now we just constituted the Black Committee, uh, and APALA uh, have both been uh, constituted under the Women's Affairs Practices Department, under the the guidance of the NVP, and so it depends on the council. We are the, uh, the the committee. We have a nurses committee that's under the National President uh, Hisco, which is the Hispanic Conference, is is under the National President's office. So it depends on what it is. The Constitution, as as we were saying, gets amended at a convention and uh, sometimes the delegates do things and put things into places that maybe uh, later on, many, many decades later in my case, you look at and say, why didn't we put this over here? Or why didn't we do this? But those things can be amended at a convention if enough people get together and want to want to create an amendment and, and work through that process, which I think we're going to talk about here uh, directly. So uh, that's how those committees get formed and put together.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so then um, moving forward, uh, we'll talk about the actual convention itself. So, um, And uh, how they run and uh, the resolution portion of it as well. So uh, the process for having ideas we want to see happen within the Federation takes place at the national AFT convention and it's presented in the form of a resolution. Can you explain what a resolution is and the process for bringing a resolution to the convention floor? Um, uh, Vicki, I know you have done this in the past and Phil, I'm assuming you did as well. So how would somebody say like me do this?
2: Yeah. So. I mean, first and foremost, um, you know, folks will say, you know, what is a resolution? And then they, you know, you try to explain it to them in a a very complex way and they get, you know, it's like deer in a headlight, you know, kind of reaction, um, just to simplify it, you know, resolutions are not scary. All they are, are a formal written motion. That's it. Um, you know, so, um, you know, the, the resolutions typically have a preamble, um, and, or several whereas statements throughout the body of it. Um, and, and those statements are basically the reasons in support of the motion or the action recommended, um, in the resolution, but they're not scary. They're not difficult. Um, you just, you know, take your basic idea. Um, each whereas clause is a separate topic or idea. You don't want to mix up a whole lot of stuff within the body of that and um you know and yeah i've I've trained quite a bit on this topic um which i'll be doing again for any activists very soon um that are interested but you know resolution is just a formal written motion that has the name of the motion the author of the motion um it's double spaced and numbered um you know, so it's it's just like any other motion that we would make at our, um, you know, local or council meetings, but in written form, detailed written form. Phil?
0: Sorry about that. I think I, I got cut off there a second. Um, yeah, the resolutions, well, what's going to happen first, so th- so that new members understand, is within the next couple weeks here, What's called a convention call is going to come out to every local. Uh, The National Secretary Treasurer's Office uh, will be mailing out what's called a convention call. And it'll explain to the locals what the process is to elect your delegates, if they're not already elected, um, how to submit their paperwork to get their proper voting strength, and what happens is generally you have a 12 month average of your locals numbers and it's divided by the 12. And it, I think it ends in this year. It'll end in March or April. Um, it'll go April to April. And whatever that average is, is what you'll have on the floor. You may show up and think I have a thousand members, but your average over the last 12 months where it was only 922. And so that's going to be your voting string. So you're going to get that first. And in the call, it'll actually tell you uh, and your local how to submit resolutions and constitutional amendments to the convention. Normal resolutions uh, only take a majority. Uh, if let's say somebody says we want to support workers in the steelworkers union who are on strike at such and such, uh, that resolution takes a majority. If you want to change the AFG Constitution, it takes two-thirds vote. And so a third of the delegates can basically uh, hold the line in a a convention, and you can't change the Constitution. And so um, the rules for that are also in the convention rules, which are in Appendix C of the AFG Constitution. And... I recommend to everybody that is going to get involved in the convention to read both Appendix A and Appendix C, which are the election rules and the convention rules so that they understand uh, the processes and then get with your senior delegates uh, or leaders and ask questions if you're confused or, or need to understand a little better how things work. Uh, there are a lot of us out here that can help. The other thing we did uh, a couple years ago in the 2018 convention is we had a pre-meeting. Some of the districts had pre-meetings to go over the resolutions that came in. And what will happen is within 60 days of the convention, the resolutions have to be in. And then uh, they will be mailed back out in bulk to the locals so that you know what all the resolutions are going to be. And a lot of the districts, I know in, in our case, third district, we had a meeting with the local leaders uh, in a central location to go over uh, the resolutions and see what the district uh, liked and what we didn't like. And and uh, it's like anything else, when you uh, want to change something, you have to build support for it. You have to get people's ideas on it. You may write a resolution and think it's the greatest thing in the world. You may get there and find out it's unconstitutional or that it's uh, against say, 29 CFR, Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So, you you know, it's not automatic. But that's kind of the process. You'll get a convention call. It'll tell you what the dates are for getting resolutions submitted. It'll tell you when the convention will meet. It tells you where. And Appendix C actually has the times and the days on what is supposed to happen at the convention. And so, you know... I think uh, uh a lot of this is laid out but but there's help out there,
2: yeah, and um just to kind of piggyback on on the information Phil shared um. You know, the, the Constitution requires that um, resolutions be submitted 60 days prior to the convention, which for the purposes of this particular convention um, and any uh, listeners out there, that cutoff date is April 21st, 2022. Um, now, that doesn't mean that resolutions can't be presented after that Um but uh, uh, resolutions can be presented up until noon on the second day of the convention. Um, But after that date, uh, the second day at noon, any new resolutions that are going to be introduced on the floor um, they will not be approved to be introduced without a two-thirds vote of the delegates present and voting on the floor so it's important to get those resolutions in sooner than later but definitely by that cutoff date um, because our general counsel and others will do an assessment um, of each of those resolutions and we'll have that assessment kind of written at the bottom of each resolution, like Phil mentioned when they uh, go back out to locals and leaders for review ahead of convention. Um, And then, you know, Phil makes a very good point, you know, um, after drafting the resolution and and getting it ready and proofreading and all of that, you know, um, the author... Of, of the resolution really wants to get as much local support, like-minded local support. Um, you know, if you can get councils, districts, um, you know, membership and in, in attendance of those meetings to put up a motion to support that particular resolution, um, you know, when it goes in the book for resolution, it's not just going to say that you know let's just say local 777 authored this resolution it's going to have every other local council and district that supported it as well and that shows delegates on the floor that hey you know this already has a lot of support let's take a serious look at this
1: um you guys have touched on a lot of topics (laughs) so um I, i hope you don't mind if i go back and like uh Bring some of them back to the forefront. Uh, so, when talking about resolutions, can you explain the process from taking it as an idea in your head, and kind of explain it in the most basic form as to converting it into a resolution? So, as in writing it. I know Vicky, you kind of uh, went out uh, like into it, but I mean, could we get like um, like a breakdown, like? does it need to be complex does it need to you know like uh does it have to cover a broad spectrum or could it be focused on one topic uh yeah
2: i mean yes to all of those it can be uh <laughs> complex it can be simple um you know personally i always recommend um draft and resolutions to be clear concise straight into the point. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, most resolutions have several, at least a few, sometimes many, whereas clauses. Um, and those whereas clauses, uh, you know, that clause, one clause may say, you know, I'm trying to think of something to use as uh, an example, Um
0: you know, maybe, where
1: maybe and, maybe oh,
0: can use uh, what you guys did with the black committee uh, and, and send an example out to the young delegates. Uh, Absolutely. That's a good idea. Using that. Um, in that case, you have your whereas which are, you know, whereas AFG wants to be a more inclusive union, wants to be part of the uh, the movements of uh, African-American workers. Whereas AFG this, and then you get into the therefores, which are, you know, AFG will establish a black committee. Uh, the membership is this. What types of issues are we going to deal with? Uh, you know, what is the funding? Those are things that would be in the therefores, and uh, and then you know you would put that forward and pass it at a. Uh, in our case, we passed it at the neck neck the uh, National Executive Council, but you can use that format for resolutions uh, to the convention. Yes.
2: And and I also, um, Matt, I don't know if it would be helpful or not, but I'll also have um, slide decks on how to write a resolution, what a resolution is. So I'd be happy to provide that to any um, leader or activist coming up you know, that, that would need that to reference because it's got good examples. I mean, it's it's a good slide deck.
1: Okay, so that, that basically um, encompasses on how to get it from an idea to the paper. And then mm-hmm. I, I know that this is probably going to be a question asked. So after it's composed, I think somebody had already said, like, what are the next steps? So whom exactly would somebody uh, give this resolution to, to have it included for convention.
2: Yeah, that information, like Phil mentioned earlier, is included, um, in the, in the convention call documents that come out. And typically I think they ask them to be sent to the NST's
0: office. Is that correct, Phil? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. They'll go into the national secretary treasurer's office. And I, I will say this, uh, if you are a delegate at your local and you're a young, uh, you're part of the young committee or you're in the young group, uh, you'll probably want to take the resolution to your local uh, and pass it so that it comes through your local as well. Mm -hmm. And then possibly, I know in previous years, the young committee itself uh, submitted resolutions to the convention that came from the young committee as a whole and so they had some ideas they would write them up they uh, would have a meeting of the young committee and then they would actually submit the resolutions uh, to the to the nst's office uh, through i think the nvp wfp to the nec but essentially it came from the young committee uh for those types of resolutions
2: yeah But the typical local or council, you know, district, um, you know, they just send it up to the NST's office. Um, Some folks will send them to general counsel to get their opinion before they finalize them um, and submit them Uh, because general counsel's office is always there for advice and guidance Um, when you're drafting resolutions. John Thompson, he knows this stuff inside and out, um, and he's never steered me wrong when it comes to resolutions and things so there's a lot of resources and you know folks out there to help but um definitely building support from from you know not only the the author's individual local but any other uh like-minded locals councils districts anything like that that i mentioned before that's always helpful
1: okay i know that this was stated earlier but um what exactly like what are the time limits again so we could
0: restate that? So, again, what's going to happen is you'll get a within the next couple of weeks. I know that the National Secretary Treasurer is working on what's called a convention call. That'll go out to all locals. Uh, generally, the president or the treasurer will get it. Um, so start, you know, your your young folks that are listening to this might want to start checking in a few weeks with their local to see if the convention calls out. And then within that convention call, they will tell you when resolutions are to be sent in to the National Secretary Treasurer's office. Uh, At the latest, it is to be 60 days. According to the uh, convention rules, it's to be 60 days prior to the convention. So if June 22nd is the start of the convention, you back up 60 days and it has to be in uh, to the NST's office then. But always check the convention call in case there's, you know, possibly there's a holiday prior to the convention that might affect that or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. then the, the NST's office will compile all of these. They will be sent back out to the locals uh, in a packet so that each local and the delegates understand what is going to be coming to the floor of the convention. Um, That's how that process works. And then at the convention, there are some other processes, so I can get into those whenever you're ready.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and for any locals or individuals that may miss that um, 60-day cutoff date, which uh, is April 21st, um, to submit resolutions, you know, just keep in mind, you can submit resolutions on the floor up until 12 p.m. on the second day um, of convention, but after that, it takes two-thirds vote to get a resolution heard, so it's going to be challenging in the middle of the business to try to get something new presented on the floor to delegates, So, so get those resolutions in by that April 21st date.
1: Okay, and Phil, you said there were other timelines or time limits. Do you want to expand on
0: that? Yeah, kind of. What's going to happen when you get when you actually get to the convention? There are committees. Uh, there is a constitutional and resolution committee that meets. There are um, there's a credentials committee that meets. There's an election committee that'll meet. Uh, the NVPs generally select people uh, to go on those committees through the national president's office. And uh, so like say for resolutions and constitutional changes, there is a small committee of people that will meet and recommend whether they go forward or not go forward and, and they have votes. And and then it goes to what's called a resolution review session. So the first couple of days of the convention are spent both in elections and in uh, committees, whether it's legislative, political, uh, whether it's health and safety, whether it's in these different uh, resolution review sessions, the constitutional changes and resolutions get broken down into these categories. And so it's a very important to attend those resolution review uh, meetings on the floor. Everyone thinks, well, the election's Wednesday, so I'll just, you know, I'm, an, I'm in Florida I'm going to head to Orlando to uh, Disney for Monday and Tuesday. Well, there's floor action that happens those days. So you're going to want to be there for the resolution review where all of these resolutions are gone through. Debate happens. uh, The committee, the review committee can shape the resolution a little differently, maybe than what's was originally sent in. And then it's voted on to go to the full convention. and. Then it goes to the full convention after the election. Wednesday, you have business. And so in business, you will go through each resolution. And really, the main ones are changes to the Constitution. Uh, Let's say someone doesn't like the trustee procedures, trusteeship. Uh, We want to change that. So you'll have a whole debate over changing those rules in the Constitution or the revenue side. Will we raise dues? Won't we raise dues? If we do, what will the amount be? That has to be done in the constitution, and it has to be done by two thirds vote. So those things will be done through the resolution uh, review sessions, and then at the main floor. So there's there's more. You know, once you get your resolution sent in, then you have to follow that resolution through these processes if you want to pass it. And I'll I'll give a Kudo to the Young Committee in 2018. They did a resolution on harassment and uh, sexual harassment uh, and bullying. And the Young Committee put that resolution in and made sure that they all spoke on the floor uh, to get that resolution passed into the Constitution under Article 23 now. And that was the one resolution uh, and convent constitutional change that the past in 2018. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of work by the young committee and other like-minded people on the floor who thought that was a good idea. And so, uh, you know, that was a, a young committee thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just wanna, um, not to beat up on Phil, but I'm uh, wanting to make one clarification. So when we are at convention and we deal with revenue, um, we're actually talking about per capita tax that is charged to the locals, uh, you know, by the national office. I just want to be clear that a change in per capita tax at the national convention does not necessarily require an increase in a local's dues. Um, you know, they're two separate things. A local's due structure is typically based around the per capita amount that is charged for each member. Um, but I just want to make that distinction that, that we don't go to convention to actually vote to raise local dues. We deal with the revenue of per capita tax and then each local determines if they need to raise their dues or not. Um, If there's an increase in per capita tax, or some locals choose to eat that increase. So I just want to make that distinction because, uh, you know, we're trying to teach new folks as they're coming up. So I just want to make that clear.
1: All right. So do you guys have any guidance for locals that are looking to prepare and present resolutions for the changes they wish to see in the federation?
0: Well, my, my guidance is to read what's in the Constitution already, uh, and then to have discussions on the change. Like, you know, if you read something, or if it's silent, let's say, and, I, and I, again, I'll go back to the Article 23. Uh, I'll go back to the Article 23 change that the Young Committee uh, proposed and shepherded through uh, at that convention. Um, in 2018, if you look at uh, the Constitution and go to Article 23, you're going to find where uh, Section K was added, Article 22, Section 2K. And there was a lot of discussion about that amongst the young committee that people were being uh, harassed at their locals and by other officers and and, and other things. And the Constitution really didn't clarify those types of charges. And so what I suggest is always have a discussion amongst like-minded people first, and then maybe not so like-minded people and see what uh, changes really need to be made. And, And also that don't try to, frankly, put in too much. Focus on a few very important matters because we've also seen where uh, locals or councils or somebody will come to the floor with say 20 resolutions and you never get to them and there's frustration. I I think you should focus on the most important thing that you see as a issue within the federation uh, to change or to add to, and you kind of go from there. Uh, That's, that's at least my, um, that's uh, that would be my recommendation.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I agree with everything that Phil just said. The only thing that I would like to add is <clears throat> and again, this is just my personal opinion. I've been around a while. Um, some may say it, it's it been too long. But, uh, you know, my advice to leaders and activists uh, when it comes to internal matters the constitution writing resolutions you know echoing everything that phil just said but you know we cannot only be engaged and interested in the internal matters and the inner workings of our federation once every three years years ago when i was first coming up before i was ever local president council exec any of that i had a national rep tell me um, well, first he told me I would be the next local president, and I thought he was crazy. But the other thing that he told me is that no matter what role I'm playing in the union, whether it's shop steward, officer, president, council, whatever, always be engaged and informed and aware on what is going on internally, nationally, all of those things with our union, because you know everything that happens. Um, outside of our locals, still affects us on the ground. Um, so it's very difficult to only work in our silos um, for two and a half years and then try to jump out six months before convention and try to figure out, you know, get familiar with the Constitution, get familiar with the inner workings of our union, and then try to ra- draft resolutions. So my recommendation. You know, we have to be just as internally active in our union as we are externally, um, you know, get to know the Constitution, know those convention rules, uh, you know, run your delegates elections properly. I can help with that, too. Um, but really, it all goes hand in hand in order to be truly successful and to move the Federation in a, in a positive way.
1: Thank you uh, so much for all that. So uh, we're going to move into wrapping this up, if you guys don't mind. So could you guys uh, give us a final remark on on convention and and resolution writing?
2: Um, Yeah, sure. Um, You know, just like Phil said, don't bite off too. you know, more than you can chew. Um, You know, go through that constitution or talk to to other leaders and activists in the Federation and, and really identify your top three uh, processes, procedures, issues, policies, problems, whatever the case may be um, that you want to focus on. Um, Cause again, like Phil said, we get so many resolutions, um, you know, they may not even make it to the floor um, and, or, be given their due diligence in front of the delegates. So um, reach out to those who are um, seasoned and knowledgeable. There's no. no, there's no question. That is a dumb question. Um, you know, always lean on those uh, that are willing to teach and
0: bring others up. And I would just say at first, keep it kind of simple. Yeah. Find, find the language You know, what it is you're trying to do, write it up as you would normally, you know, talk or how you would write something up. And then, you know, you start to hone it down. You start to really look at the nuts and bolts of it. It needs to be concise. The one thing about the Constitution is, you know, sometimes some of the language is a little vague because that's what it took to get something passed. And then, Later, you look at it and it's not precise or it's not, you know, it's got a lot of interpretation. And believe me, what happens then is the National Executive Council between conventions, uh, our role is to interpret how the Constitution functions. And so if we look at a piece of language and it's very vague, um, you know, then we have to interpret it the best we can as a as a as a body. So you wanna make sure whatever you're trying to say is is concise and is understood by the delegates. The other thing is you wanna speak on your motion. You wanna speak on your resolution at the convention so that it goes into the minutes. And so sometimes that can be a little daunting for a new member. Uh, getting up on the mic with you know 500 people in the room or a thousand, uh, not easy. But you want to record what it is you were trying to do in that resolution into the minutes of the convention so that later the general counsel's office or the NEC or whoever that may need to look at that resolution can go back to the recording or to the written minutes and understand the interpretation that that was being put forward. That's something that you can do to help your resolution get teeth. Uh, with the NEC so if that's I hope that's helpful Mm -hmm.
1: all right so uh, thank you guys very much because this was very eye-opening for me I've learned a lot from you too so uh, I want to thank you as our guest this week so uh, once again our guest was national vice president for uh, AFG District 3, Phil Lover, and then we also had AFG Young Committee mentor, Vicki Martin. And thank you for listening to the AFG Young Podcast. New episodes are made available every two
0: weeks and are streamed anywhere you listen to your podcast. This podcast is a production of the AFGE National Young Committee Bug Bridging Union Gaps Initiative to learn more about the AFGE Young program visit our website at www.afge.org/young or our Facebook page by searching at Young AFGE